Hello, welcome back to Making Web Apps Badly. Uh, in the spirit of 50% web apps, uh, in which you put in 50% of the effort and get out a 50% result, uh, thus enabling, enabling you to build web apps more quickly, I am doing a 50% podcast. <laughs> That's this podcast, it's a little bit more casual. Um, stream of consciousness. I'm just going to talk about what I think it means to build web maps badly, why I think it's important, why I think it's fun, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about Remake, which is a framework that I'm currently trying to think through myself. So the way I'm going to start this off is just kind of like talking about where I am right now, what I've done over the past few weeks, and where I hope to take Remake in the future, as well as a thorough explanation of what Remake is in kind of fundamental, basic language. So to start out, I just want to talk about uh, what Remake is. So um, if you are into modern front-end or back-end engineering, you can kind of understand that things get pretty complicated pretty quick, quickly, right? You start off wanting to build a web app and you have to make a lot of decisions right away. You have to decide on what framework you're gonna build it in because you, know, you tried to build a web app last week with just some jQuery and it turned into a giant mess and you got stuck a few days in. Um, so you're deciding to make it a little bit more componentized, a little bit more reusable this time so that you can, you know, make a single text field component and then reuse it somewhere else. Or so that you can have your navigation go across all of your pages without doing any server-side rendering so that you can, you know, have quick uh, page transitions and, you know, quick loading and all kinds of like, you know, Ajax, uh, you know, live interactions, right? So you decide to build it with a front-end framework. Now you have to choose between uh, React and Vue, and um, there's, a, there's kind of a one that's getting a lot more popular these days um, called, <laughs> uh, I forget what it's called, but it's the one that takes the, um, takes the framework out of the code uh, as it compiles. It's like a compiled framework, and then you don't need a lot of the framework code Svelte, it's called Svelte. Um, so you have to choose between those. And then on top of that, <laughs> there's even more choices to make. Because now these days you have stuff like Create React App, you have Gatsby, you have um, <coughs> similar tools for Vue, where they're kind of like CMSs that are built on top of uh, React or Vue or Svelte. Um, in order to make your life easier, when you want to build out routes or you want to build out components um, or whether you want to do, you know, build a static site or you want to build a dynamic site, there's all different tools depending on your use case. So there's all of that tooling just around basically your, the view layer of your stack, right? All, <laughs> all we're talking about is rendering HTML and CSS to a page and already you have about uh, nine or ten pretty high, uh, high importance uh, choices to make, right? And then on top of that, you know, you got to decide, okay, what um, CSS framework are you going to use, right? So like, let's say you go with Gatsby, and then, I don't know, maybe you don't choose a theme, maybe you want to build some of the stuff from scratch, but then maybe you use Bootstrap on top of that, or you use some kind of React uh, component framework. So now not only do you have to learn about React and about Gatsby or whatever technology you chose, whatever CMS you chose, but now you need to learn about this component framework and figure out how that works. Now, that would be enough on its own. But of course, uh, it doesn't work exactly how you expect it to. There's been a major update here that's had some breaking changes and a major update there that's had some other baking changes. So now you have to figure out how to fit everything together while following an old tutorial that's literally 
two months old <laughs> and it's already out of date. So you figure all that out, you get everything tied together and it's already three days or three weeks later, right? Depending on if this is your main project or if you have another job. If this is just your side project that you're working on here, uh, you're lucky if you haven't given up on it at this point. And yet you still need some kind of backend system to handle user accounts, to handle image and file uploads, to handle uh, where you're going to store your data and a lot of people who want to build web apps or applications in general they're either much more interested in making it work and how it works on the back end and the data processing they're doing or the unique visualizations they're showing um, and doing computations for that or they're much more focused on the front end and making everything fit together and page transitions and you know, making uh, certain modals or popovers pop up at certain times in a nice looking way. So they're usually much more focused on either, you know, tying everything in visually and working on kind of the information architecture or on the other side, <coughs> making it work as, it ex as it's expected and making it work reliably, which is more on the back end. And so when you're talking about you know, a designer or a developer uh, picking up a backend stack. If you're a backend developer, you might decide to build a lot of it from scratch or use an existing stack that you already know, but you still got to set that all up. And if you're more towards the front end, you might decide to go with something that's already been built out. So you might decide to use a CMS that already exists or a backend framework that already exists. <laughs> or you might decide to use something like Firebase, which is you know, one of the serverless kind of hosted uh, web services that make it easy to build out the database and the user accounts. <laughs> now, if you decide to go that route where uh, a lot of it's built out for you, now you have to contend with the fact that you have to learn an API pretty much from scratch if you've never used it before <laughs> uh, and figure out all the ins and outs. So Firebase might have something like you can't store documents, um, or like it's not advised for you to store documents too deeply nested, so you have to think about how you're organizing your data from a high level. Um, and then even if you're building out your own backend stack and you're pretty comfortable with it, you still have to plan the schema out, plan how the relationships are gonna work, um, set up the stack, make sure the user accounts are working, uh, and that you know might take a few days. Now. That being said, there are some people who have done this before, over and over and over again. So they're really familiar with the back end and the front end. And even though that's rare, it still happens. And they end up building up their own kind of framework, or at least their own <coughs> kind of acceptable solution, where they just know to go to create React app, for example, download that, make a few modifications, and they're ready to go within you know, an afternoon. Now, that's great, but still, there's a lot of work that went into deciding that that's the right stack for you, um, making sure that you understand it thoroughly inside and out, and a lot of the time there's going to be missing pieces even there, even in a stack that you're familiar with. Now, that being said, it's still a pretty nice solution. If you kind of know how the pieces fit together already, you have uh, you know, a CSS framework that you built or that you trust. You have a front-end JavaScript setup with, you know, Babel already configured. All of your JavaScript and CSS code or SAS code transpiling. <coughs> then you're really off to the races, right? If you have uh, on the back end, you already have, you know, kind of a, uh, maybe it's a Ruby on Rails app. Maybe it's an express app, but you already have it configured. You already have user accounts built out. You already have kind of schema gen gener um, generator, you know, set up. Uh, you know how to build out routes really quickly, or maybe you already have all the basic routes already set up. Then you really don't need anything else. Um, you can just kind of get started just building stuff, right? Maybe you already have the login page. You already have the sign up page. You already have like kind of a basic landing page um, set up and you can just dive right into your, the core project 
that you want to build. <laughs> now, that's what I'm uh, hoping to achieve for myself, but other, also for other people when I'm building uh, this new framework called Remake. I want to make it so that <laughs> they, uh, that, so that people don't have to worry about their backend stack. They don't have to worry about their database. They don't have to worry about their user accounts. And the reason why I am so focused on this is because it's scratching my own itch. I think for a lot of backend developers, they'd be like, whatever, like it takes two minutes to set up user accounts, you know? Like I, I, I don't care about doing that. That doesn't really affect me that much. Uh, you know, setting up a database schema, yeah, that's totally necessary. It's uh, fun to do and it takes, um, you know, five or ten minutes, you know, no problem. And I even have tools for doing it automatically, so if I want, it can even take two minutes. But for me, from my perspective, where I'm not as experienced on the back end, um, it's a lot easier to just work with the front end for me. I want my back end stack to be automatically configured. I don't want to worry about the database. I don't want to worry about user accounts. I don't want to worry about uh, password reset flows, about sending out email confirmation, uh, you know, uh, email address confirmation emails. I don't want to worry about um, setting up even a sign up or login page, right? So I have looked for boilerplates like that before, and I know that um, you know there are some good examples out there. I think Create React App is one example. I think there's a hackathon starter one. But a lot of these usually feel pretty heavy to me. And like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving pieces. And also, usually when you sign up for one of those boilerplates and, and you know you sign up to using it, you're signing up for a lot of unknown dependencies. You haven't fully vetted everything. So you end up uh, kind of buying into a, an ecosystem that you might, it might get out of date pretty quickly, right? So like for example, create, create React app. If you start using that, um, React router might get a major update in a couple months. React itself might get an update. Everyone might, you know, like recently happened, start using hooks and then you're out of date there. Um, your UI framework, or, or I don't know if Create React App uses one, but like there's all different kinds of NPM dependencies along with that that might get out of date pretty quickly. And you have to stay up to date with them if you want all of the latest tools, if you want all of the tutorials that you might use to be up to date. And so my idea with uh, Remake, this framework that I'm building, is that <coughs> Um, all of that will kind of settle down a little bit because it's all based, because Remake is based around this very simple idea. So with that kind of preamble out of the way, I know that was a lot, um, I just want to talk quickly about what Remake is and why it's so great to me um, and why it makes so much sense to me. So. Um, imagine that you create a web page, right, with HTML and CSS. And uh, at the top of the page, you have the, uh, the main heading of the page, right? And maybe you want to call this page the to-dos page, right? Imagine if you could just put a special tag on that heading that just marked it as the heading. It just said, uh, it just told the page that this is the heading area. And then the page knew that not only could, not only should this heading uh, kind of be saved to a backend database, but on other pages, it should be able to be rendered um, and the saved data should render there. And, the, um, and it should be editable, right? So a user should be able to go into that heading, edit it, remove it, reset it, uh, and then you should be able to reuse that heading data somewhere else. And imagine it was the same thing for the, um, 
the content of the page. So imagine you have an area in the content that says that um, is like the uh, the description, the page description, right? And maybe it's a paragraph or two paragraphs. Imagine if you could just tag that with, this is the page description. And then you could just reuse that. Just uh, some crazy bikers who just wiped out on the street, um, going headlong into traffic. Uh, no one was seriously injured, luckily, but it freaks me out every time they go down this giant hill. Okay, that was a, a brief aside. They're really uh, not hurt. They're getting up right now, but uh, yeah, they fell because they. Yeah, they uh, were being very dangerous. Okay, so anyways, uh, that's the excitingness of um, a live podcast, a live unedited 50% podcast, is you get exciting news and updates like uh, kids going headlong down a hill into traffic, the traffic luckily stopping for them, uh, no one getting hit by a car, but then them wiping out down the street. Uh, live from Somerville, brought to you by David. Um, okay, so getting back, <laughs> uh, I don't want to like seem uncaring, but getting back to the framework, um, let's see. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, imagine you have like a page description and you can just tag it as the page description, right? And maybe you're on the about page, right? So you say, this is the about page description. And then you can, um, you know, have that be editable, reuse that on the about page, re reference that from other pages, right? So if you want to show a preview of that on another page, you just say, oh yeah, tag this with, you know, the uh, about page description, and then boom, we're going to load that data right in there. So that's the basic idea behind Remake, is that instead of having kind of the separate idea, this kind of um, extra concept of a database, what if the database is literally in the page and all you're doing is you're just tagging content and you're just saying, oh yeah, this is that content, that is that content, you know, that is that content. And, you know, so you have a description, you have a list of to-dos, you have a list of blog posts, you have a page uh, heading, you have an author, you have all these different tagged pieces of, of data, of content, and then all of a sudden they can be edited, they can be saved, and they can be reused on other pages. Or, you know, they can be deleted, right? So, um, that's the basic idea. And then the other part of it is kind of uh, secondary to the main, data, uh, the main uh, framework, which is the idea that pretty much everything else should be handled for you when you first set everything up. So, uh, user accounts should be handled automatically for you. Um, you know, if you're if you're uh, editing a page, that page should be saved automatically for you. If you create uh, templates for a page, and you're rendering those templates in order to render the page, then the framework should know how to render those uh, templates for you. Um, not only to generate pages, but to generate uh, new items. So for example, if you're rendering a list of to-dos and you render you know, one, two, three to-dos, and then you have an uh, add to-do button that, that um, you, know, you would expect to render a new to-do for you, the backend should know how to handle that for you automatically, right? So if you click the new to-do button, it should be able to reach out to the uh, backend template uh, that's the to-do template, and just render a new one and add it to the list of to-dos. So that's the basic idea there, is that um, a lot of this <coughs> kind of back-end uh, functionality, uh, data, the way you're organizing your data, the way you're deleting or saving your data, uh, is handled for you automatically. It's just all, um, it all comes for free, right? So, <coughs> The other thing is that 
you might have uh, you might have a way that you, I'm sorry I'm walking through a playground right now. Um, so you might have a way that you organize your data, and it might be very important that you organize, say, like the user profile information uh, in one block of data, and then you organize uh, some like some user settings in another block of data, and then you organize some page data in another block of data, right? Because you might want to access that all separately, right? So <laughs> the nice thing about the, the DOM, the document object model, is that it's organized in, in a tree structure, right? So you have the root uh, DOM uh, node, or, or like the document, right? And then you have the, the head and the body. And then inside the body, you have, you know, maybe a heading, maybe some navigation, maybe, you know, some to-dos, you know, whatever, right? And it's organized like a tree in that, you know, you have the root node and then you have, um, and then you have all of the uh, children branching off of it. Um, so the nice thing about that is that since the DOM is a tree structure, it can be pretty easily um, converted into a, a data, a nested data structure uh, like JSON. Um, because JSON, uh, J-S-O-N, that is a nested tree structure, right? So if you have a, a web page with some page content, and then inside of that page content you have some to-dos, and then inside of uh, that list of to-dos you have to-do items, and you have, say, three or four to-do items, well, <laughs> how would we uh, represent this in JSON? Well, we might have uh, an object with a key of page data, and then inside of uh, that, um, and, and then inside of the object that page data points to, we might have another key called to dos, and then inside of that key, we might that might point to another object, or actually um, an array uh, of objects uh, that represents uh, each to do, and inside the array you would have you know, one, two, three to-dos, and each to-do would have uh, a key called text, right, to represent the text content of the to-do. Um, and then you would have your whole, all of your pages data right there, right? Um, and then going back out to the uh, page data key, you might have another key inside of that top level object called like heading or uh, navigation, right? Navigation items. And navigation items might be an array. And each inside the array might be uh, a few objects, each representing a navigation item. And the first one might have, you know, a, t a, text, uh, uh, sorry, a text value set to the About Us page. And it might also have a URL set to, you know, slash about, about us. And then the next one might have text content of like, uh, contact us. And then it might point to a URL, like slash contact dash us, right? And then uh, that might represent the navigation of your page, right? And so that might be uh, part of the, the page data too. And so that, um, what Remake does is because you're able to tag the different parts of your page as, you know, navigation or page content or to-dos to list, right? You're able to serialize that data into a nested JSON object very easily. And not every element on the page has to be uh, part of the data, right? You can have page data at the top level and then <coughs> nested five levels deep, you can have the to-dos. And those could be the only elements that are tagged with data. But, <coughs> um, you know, Remake will skip everything else except for the things that are tagged with data and then serialize, you know, whatever is tagged into a nested JSON object. So, um, because now we have this ability with Remake to tag different parts of the page and turn everything into a nested JSON uh, structure, we now have the ability to 
um, attach data to the page, reuse it in other places, and uh, automatically save it, right? So um, if we're talking about editing, all we have is uh, you know, a simple, very simple tag called uh, editable. And we attach that tag to uh, an element on the page, and then all of a sudden, that um, item of data is editable. So if we attach that editable attribute to, a, to the heading of the page, that heading's gonna be editable. If we attach it to one of the to-dos, uh, that to-do item's gonna be editable. And then when we click it, it'll pop up some editable area where we can edit the text content of uh, the to-do or the heading or whatever it is. And then when we uh, save that, it's going to save the nested, the nested JSON content again. <coughs> and then uh, the page itself is based on a template um, that is able to parse the data and render itself again. And so that's actually the only part that you have to set up, right? The only part uh, you, the user, has to set up is the original HTML template with the data, um, with placeholders for where the data goes. And then after that, everything else is handled for you automatically. Saving the data, editing the data, um, you know, as long as you mark it as editable, uh, adding new data, as long as you mark the thing that, that you want to add uh, to the page. That's all handled automatically for you. So while normally, in a normal web application, you would have to build out uh, these editable areas yourself, maybe even on a separate page, um, and do some validation and do some processing and build out some kind of uh, you know, Ajax endpoint where you're passing the data to, Remake is gonna handle that all automatically for you. So whatever data is on the page, whatever data is tagged on the page, that's automatically gonna be saved to the backend and synced with the backend and then re-rendered whenever you render the page again. Um, so I don't know, I don't know if, <laughs> if I'm explaining this uh, right, but um, I'm pretty happy with uh, the progress I've made with Remake so far. And it's been a few iterations now, um, and now it's, ki it's kind of looking like it's turning into a full stack framework. So it started out as a uh, front-end framework <coughs> that was meant to be used with, um, with, a, with a server-rendered web app. And the idea is that you would render a web page, some HTML and CSS, using, um, you know, Express, or Ruby on Rails, or some something that can handle backend rendering, uh, you know, views from the backend to the front end, right? And then you would um, attach Remake to the page, and Remake would be able to serialize all the data on the page, make it all editable, be able to pass it to the backend to be saved, and be able to call the backend, call on the backend whenever it needed a new item to be rendered onto the page. And so you would be responsible as the web application author to, uh, to you would be responsible for implementing all of those um, backend API uh, routes, right? So when you're saving the page, you'd be responsible for looking through uh, the data and make sure, making sure it's saved to the right uh, collection or the right database. Um, you'd be responsible for getting the request to render a new item and getting the template that, that needs to be rendered for that and then passing, it, passing the render template back to the front end. But what I've decided now um, is that at the very least there's going to be a boilerplate full stack framework that's going to implement all of that for you. So all you're going to have to do as the user is include uh, some styles, right? Some SAS code, and write some HTML templates that are kind of tagged according to the Remake specification. And then Remake's gonna handle rendering those templates uh, based on the name of each template, right? So if you make a template called about, then it's gonna render at slash about, 
And if you, you make a template called todos, it's going to render at slash todos. Um, so it's going to handle the, the routing and the rendering of the templates. It's also going to handle saving the data that you've tagged with the remake attributes. It's also going to handle uh, rendering new items that need to be added to the page and then passing them back to the front end so that they can be placed in the right uh, position. Uh, and it all you know, happens pretty automatically. Um, and it's going to handle uh, some pretty advanced features too, uh, like user accounts and password resets. And um, this is a really neat one. So uh, <coughs> when you save the data on the page, um, this is a really cool one. So OK, let, let me go back a second. So, um, so in a normal uh, web application, you usually split your data up into different objects. So if you have like a list of, if you have a number of blog posts, you might split those up inside of a collection into different kind of, into different objects, right? And each object will re represent a blog post and each object might have a title and an author and a date that it was published and some content um, and maybe even some comments associated with it, right? Um, so that's the normal way that you might organize a web application. But with Remake, everything, all of the data for a single application is stored in a single JSON file. So um, it, it makes some things a little bit more difficult, right? Like if you have a blog with a, a thousand blog posts, Remake might not be the best uh, approach to use because all of a sudden, you're, you're going to have a, um, you're probably going to have a JSON file, a giant JSON file that's like a megabyte uh, big, right? And then every time you're rendering any of your pages, you're having to load up this one megabyte uh, JSON file just to render one page. Now, um, for a lot of other uh, web applications, though, it's a perfect fit. If you're doing a simple productivity app, if you're doing a Trello clone, if you're doing, uh, if you're making some kind of to-do list, or you're making a web page, right, like an about page or home page or any kind of landing page, it's perfect because the the um, the data on that page is pretty limited, and in the future, uh, it's going to be very very easy to split up your data into different namespaces, right? So if you want to save some data to, you know, say like a, a blog post namespace, and then you want to save other data to, uh, you know, like your main website namespace, and then you want to save other data to your productivity app namespace, you can have that all under a single Remake app and just save the data to a different namespace. Now, the other thing you should know is that um, you can also implement custom save functions. So you by no means have to store your data in a single JSON file. That's just the, the uh, configuration, the default configuration of the full stack framework for now to make it very easy to get started with. Um, however, uh, you could very easily, you know, just tag your template with a uh, custom save function. And then on the back end, you could implement that save function, that save endpoint, however you want, right? So you could have it create a new JSON file or a new object in a database. You know, you could save the data however you wanted. You could validate it however you wanted. You could show errors. You know, you could do whatever you wanted with it, right? Um, so it's pretty flex flexible in that way. Uh, but the, by default, you're working with a single JSON file. Now, <laughs> to get to the exciting feature, the exciting part about this. So normally in a web application, you're working with multiple objects, right? So <laughs> if you want to edit you know, your blog post on, I don't know, uh, Starfish, right? So you have a blog post on Starfish, and you might go to you know, the, uh, the you might go to a page, you know, called like mywebsite.com slash blog post slash, you know, x5312, right? If x5312 is the ID of that blog post, right? 
And then on that page, you, you might you know, click an edit button and then go into editing your blog post. And that page might look like uh, mywebsite.com slash blog post slash edit slash, uh, I don't know, what did I say? X123? <laughs> That's not what I said, but, but slash X123, for example, right? Um, and then you would just edit that blog post. Now, the cool thing about Remake is even though it stores all of its data in one big JSON file, it assigns unique IDs to every object at every level of the JSON structure. So what does this mean? This means if you have an object with a key of to-dos inside of it, and the key is set to an array, and inside that array you have three objects, and each object represents a to-do item, each of those to-dos is gonna represent an um, sorry, each of those to-dos is going to have a unique ID associated with it. Um, so what that means is that you can very easily reference uh, each ID, uh, sorry, each to-do by the ID that it has. And uh, that goes the same for anything. So that goes the same for a list of blog posts or a list of um, <laughs> having trouble. Uh, a list of blog posts, a list of to-dos, a list of progress updates, a list of um, stories, a list of, uh, you know, uh, portfolio projects, a list of, uh, you know, like songs that you uploaded and, and you know, want to, want to, uh, list on a page to listen to, a list of podcasts uh, or podcast episodes. Um, so, it could, oh man, I don't know how long that paused for. Uh, okay, let me see. Did this pause? No, I don't know. I don't know if that just paused for a while. I'm sorry if it did. This is a 50% podcast. I don't need to apologize. <laughs> um, okay, so um, yeah, so it could be a list of podcasts. It could be a list of portfolio items. It could be a list of Car, cars that you're selling, whatever you want, right? And each of those objects uh, is gonna have a unique ID, which means you can reference it from, from the URL bar. So if you type in, you know, mywebsite.com slash cars slash x123, you could be referencing a car that has the ID of x123. Now here's where the cool part comes in. Because every single object in your nested JSON structure has a unique ID, you can do some really, really, really cool things. So one of those cool things is that um, at the top of your page, you can tag uh, a template. You can tag a page to save all of its contents to an ID. So for example, if you're on mywebsite.com slash blog post slash x123, at the top of your page, you can say, save to the ID x123. And then everything on that page is gonna be saved to that ID. Now, another thing you can do, um, and oh, by the way, the way you get the, <laughs> so this is another cool thing. If you put in the URL, uh, you know, mywebsite.com slash blog post uh, slash x123 remake by uh, by automatic <laughs> by itself automatically it's going to grab the item from your nested JSON structure that matches that ID right so it's going to look through all of your JSON um, data and it's going to look for x123 and then it's going to give you in the template easy access to that item. And it's gonna just be named current item, right? So automatically Remake just looks up X123, finds the document, finds the object with the matching ID, and then assigns that to a variable called current item, which you can very easily use and access inside of the current template, right? So, and all you have to do in order for that to happen is just add an ID 
to the, um, to the URL. Now, another thing that's really cool that you can do is let's say you have uh, a, a nested data structure, right? So let's say you have um, some kind of uh, questionnaire, right? So on the first part of the questionnaire, you have a few questions, and then on the second part, you have a few more questions, and on the third part, you have a few more questions. And each part of the questionnaire um, takes into consideration the data that came before. So for example, if you, enter, if you answer A for the first part of the questionnaire, um, on the next part, A, B, and C, the choices, might be different. And then if you answer B on the second step, then on the following step, A, B, and C might be different again. Uh, right? So if you answer A on the first part, B on the second part, and C on the third part, you're going to see totally different, a totally different response from that quiz or that questionnaire than if you answered B on the first part, and then A on the first, second part, and then A on the third part, right? Because you had different answers, right? So what if you want to um, save the whole uh, page, right? So say you're an editor on this page and you're working with a deeply nested uh, data structure and you want to save your page um, at question one. Well, first of all, in the um, URL bar, you're probably going to have the ID of the current questions, right? So, you know, maybe it's questionnaire, you know, maybe it's my, mywebsite.com slash questionnaire slash 456, right? So you're going to have the ID of that. But now, how do you make sure I'm sorry, this is so complicated to explain. Um, the, basically, the thing, okay, let me, I'll, I'll finish going through it, even though it's complicated, and then I'll come back out and, and explain it in a simpler way. So, okay, so say you have 456 in the, in the URL, right? And that's the ID of the current questionnaire. Now, if you go to save this page, it's gonna, because everything is saved to a nested JSON structure, and you're saying, you're, you're tagging this template with the ID 456. It's going to save to that ID. However, it's also going to, by default, overwrite all of the uh, nested data, right? Because, okay, let, let, me, let me explain again. So if you have a questionnaire inside of a questionnaire inside of a questionnaire, right? So you have three levels of questionnaires uh, of like questions. Sorry, you have three levels of questions and um, and you decide to, to save the top level questions, um, right? So you have an array of questions and you're saving the, <laughs> this is so complicated to explain, um, but let me just finish. So, <laughs> so you, <laughs> you're saving the top level uh, questions. Um, how does that work on the back end, right? You're just, all you're telling the back end is I wanna save these three questions. How does it know not to overwrite any of the nested questions inside of all of those questions? Okay, well, here's where Remake comes in. So Remake is so effing cool that it will read the IDs of each question and it will make sure to preserve any nested data that it possibly can by matching the IDs against each other to confirm that they're the same ones, to confirm that they're the same items, and then deeply extending each item. So like an ex uh, when you're extending data with like JSON or, or a JavaScript object, uh, you know, you replace data, but you don't delete data, right? So if you have an object with a key of A and a key of B, and then with your new data that you're extending the original object with, you just have a key of A, you're not going to overwrite that uh, the, the B key in in the first object, right? Because in your new object, you only have the key of A. So um, so to deeply extend something while taking in con into consideration their IDs, that means that um, <coughs> your 
making sure that the nested data is never getting overwritten if it can be prevented, if it can be uh, held onto, right? So if you have an, uh, an object, and then inside that object you have an array, and then inside that, that uh, array you have a few objects, and then inside those objects you have uh, some arrays, and then inside those arrays you have some more objects, at every level of that data structure, you're, lo you're looking to match the IDs up against each other and make sure that for each uh, object that matches another object's ID, <coughs> you're not getting rid of any of its nested data. So for example, if you have a series of questions, right, and then each of those questions have a, a series of nested questions, and then each of those series have their own nested questions, right? So you have a data structure that is three levels deep, each with its own array. <coughs> and each array of objects has its own array of objects. Then when you save that top level array of objects, you're matching the, say, say the question text, right? Or the answers, right? You're, you're matching the answers against each other and you're changing those if those have changed. But the, you're not overwriting the nested arrays because you're not saving you're not saving those in the in the page. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I explained that well. So basically, um, this is terrible. <laughs> but basically, if you have some nested data structure, remake makes it really easy to save the data without losing any of the nested data because of the way it looks at IDs and matches IDs. And it, you can also just save to a specific ID. Um, so basically, it, I don't know. <laughs> it just makes it easy to do some things that are complicated normally. Um, <coughs> and it's really good for handling nested data um, structures because of that. It's not as good with relational models, you know, like if you have comments and friends lists and messages between users. It's not as good keeping track of all of that, right? All of that would be pretty, I mean, it has to be in one data structure, so <laughs> you'd have to kind of mirror it. I don't know, it'd be, it would get pretty complicated pretty quickly, um, but it's not meant for social applications. It's meant for kind of these, you know, web pages or these, um, you know, productivity apps or web page builders or email template builders or any kind of page website builder, right, that you can imagine, or questionnaire builder or whatever, um, where, you know, the data isn't really being edited by more than one person. You're not, you know, treating the data as kind of having a relationship. And it's kind of just like flat, right? You just have a page or you have a system and you want it to be editable and then you want to save it again and then when someone renders that page again it's just you know exactly how how, um, how you left it exactly how you saved it so to take a step back um, and just explain that uh, unique ID part again one more time um, it, it just goes like this so when you save the data on a page, ordinarily, it's going to be represented as a nested object, right? So it might be um, an array inside of an object, inside of an array inside of an object, or something like that, right? And now each of those objects are gonna get assigned its own unique ID, and that's automatic. Remake does that for you um, out of the box. It's gonna look through the object, uh, the nested objects, it's going to say, hey, do all of you have unique IDs? If any of them don't, it's going to say, okay, here's one, here's a, here's a unique ID for you. <coughs> and then, if um, you want to save to one of those IDs, that's easy. But also, if you uh, save to any level of that data structure, say you save, say, um, you save to the top level of a deeply nested data structure, at the top level, it's going to look at the old data and the new, new data, and it's going to say, do your, do your IDs match? And it's going to say, yep, our IDs match. Okay, so you're the same object, so let's uh, extend your data but not overwrite it. 
And now we're gonna look at all of your nested data inside of your arrays. And for each item in the new data, we're gonna look at the ID of each object and we're gonna match that up to um, an object in the uh, old data's array. And um, for each of those matches, we're gonna deeply extend the data so that nothing uh, goes missing. And then we're gonna continue to do that uh, recursively until all of the data in the old object is preserved in the new deeply nested object. Um, you know, by paying attention to the IDs of the objects. So I don't know, that's as, <laughs> as, as simple as I can explain it. Um, for now, I gotta get better at explaining this because I'm gonna be releasing uh, some documentation for this framework soon, and I want it to be very easy to understand. Um, and I think in order for that to happen, I need to um, think of uh, clearer ways to explain each step in the process and what's happening. Because it doesn't matter if Remake is the most powerful framework in the world, and you can build web applications in 10 minutes with it, if I'm the only one who understands that, then no one's gonna use it, right? It's this whole um, conundrum between, uh, you know, like when you're building interfaces, it's the whole conundrum between, um, you know, uh, it doesn't matter how powerful your application is. If your users don't know it's that powerful, then it, it's not. Um, Right, like if, um, if for example, like aliens attack tomorrow and the, you know, there's a button to launch missiles to, to shoot down all the alien spaceships and it's a, a big red button, uh, but it's not <laughs> labeled, right? It's, it doesn't just, it doesn't say kill all the aliens right under it. And so people miss it and humanity dies out. <laughs> then that was a badly designed button, right? <laughs> I mean, that's an extreme example, but I think you got the point, like, right? Like if, um, if you are building something and people don't know how to use it, then you didn't build the thing, right? Um, yeah. So um, I think that's what I'm struggling with the most right now for Remake is I think I've built something really powerful and really, really good that a lot of people would benefit from using. Um, but I don't think it's there yet in terms of being easy to understand. And the only way to get it there is to show it to as many people as possible and have them fail with it and have them struggle with it. And for me, to witness that pain and that struggle. Because it's only by witnessing that pain and that struggle that they're having with it that I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna get the motivation to fix it and make it better and make it easier to understand. So that's all for now. I will uh, be recording a new episode, hopefully every month or two, uh, maybe more often, but that's all for now. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you later. Building web apps badly, signing off. Bye.